delicadas, las cosas hay que hacerlas suavecito, ricas, con intención. Hace mucho no grabo, hace mucho no les comparto un nuevo episodio de podcast. Y la verdad es que he dejado que, que se asienten las cosas, que tengan su propia marcha, que tengan su propio camino. No quiero forzar un calendario de contenido y grabar solo por grabar. Espero esperar el momento correcto para poder realmente alinearme con el mensaje que se quiere bajar, que llegue la persona correcta, los tiempos correctos. Entonces todo cambia, pero aquí estamos, en este episodio número 5, un episodio que es una delicia, que tuve la oportunidad de grabar con un gran hermano, un gran maestro mío que se llama Robin Clemens. Grabamos en inglés, entonces este podcast es en inglés. Y Robin es un maestro súper interesante, es un líder internacional en el campo de respiración consciente. Es especialista en todo lo que tiene que ver con medicina vibracional, es surfer, es un yogi, es un increíble padre de familia. Y lo que él lo ha transformado es su propia respiración. El océano, las olas, el fuego, los temazcales, la familia, la cultura indígena, todos los ancestros que han venido a descargarle mensajes, los viajes, es un gran, gran, gran enseñante de esta respiración consciente. Como les comenté, le encanta surfear. Y bueno, cada uno de los círculos en los que se sienta, él reúne y trae siempre esta intención compartida con él. Así es que sin más rollo, aquí está episodio 5 de Love Wolf Podcast con Robin Clemens. It's an honor, bro. Thanks for reaching out. Here we are, brother. What, what an honor. Um, but I'm just, I'm just going to set that, that tone because you were onto something that just it, it moved me the other day. Um, I was in my night walk and as I was about to finish this, this consciousness like fell into my mind, like a, a very clear voice just spoke to me. It landed and it said, take a piece of your hair and bury it in the ground. It was a very clear indication. It was, it was a direct instruction. There was, there was no hesitation in it, and I understood it as that. And just not even 30 minutes after that, I, I connect with you um, to coordinate this podcast, which I haven't recorded in a really long time. Why? I don't know. It's just inspiration. I, I don't like to push this as it comes up. It's, it's just very natural. And you texted me to take a piece of hair to bury it in the ground and, and do it in, in honor of your presence and to mention your name. And it was just, I just, I got the chills, brother. It was, it was, I don't want to get into language, but it was telepathic. It was understood. It was just a universal like consciousness of, of what I was told and what you were just manifesting to me at that time. And, And I'll unpack later the, um, the connection I have, I have with you, but, but what, what is it? What is it within the hair that is so symbolic? Thank you. You know, it's something intuitive that I started doing as I learned and I witnessed and I listened being more around ceremonial leaders. You know, I didn't grow up with, with elders per se that were, uh, medicine elders you know my my elders were conditioned in the western ways and 
but my my other teachers that brought me into the ceremonial circle um, reminded me to make an offering to give back when we receive something. For example, when we go to build a sweat lodge, every single branch that we use to build that sweat lodge, we ask permission before we cut that branch. We place tobacco and give thanks once we have cut that branch. We ask permission from the holes that we dig in the ground. Everything is intentionally set as we deepen our relationship with what we're doing and the elements that we're using. So the greatest teaching that I've learned from the Native American, the First Nations in Canada, is that when you go to a place and you have an intention, especially when you're going to take something intentionally, you you ask permission, you knock on the door for the door to be open first, and then you give something of yourself. One of the greatest things that I know that we can offer is just simply our breath. So when I play a drum that's not mine or even my own drum, I'll, I offer my breath to it to introduce my spirit to it because that drum is alive. It comes from the skin of an animal. It has the vibration of that animal. So the hair follicle is something sacred of, our, of ourselves. And I learned from my Lakota teacher and brother that it's not something that we should throw in the garbage, our hair. It's something we should offer to the ground. And we don't give our hair to one another because it, it represents such a, a strong part of ourselves. It's, it's, it has our DNA in it. So part of our wedding ceremony ritual that we were invited to do as part of the ceremony that your mother witnessed was to cut a piece of our hair and to place it in a medicine bag that we made for one another as a way that says, I trust you so much that I'm going to give you some of my hair. And so when I'm in a place where I want to lay down a prayer, make an offering, and I don't have tobacco or something else that I can offer, I know that a hair follicle is one of the best things that I can offer as a piece of myself. And then I offer my breath along with that. Yeah. You don't have to bury it, but just, just, a, just that offering. Yeah. You can just blow it in the wind. So that, that piece was very um, synchronistic uh, that you had already received that. And I knew that you were about to be with the land and this beautiful project that you have that I hold so dear in my heart. And it's been such an honor to be a part of that land that I, I simply asked you uh, if you could offer a piece of your hair for me and lay down my name and, and ask for that, uh, that continued evolution together, you know, as a family with, as we deepen our relationship with that land there. I'm so grateful for how that's manifesting for the people in Toto Tantos. And yeah, man, it's, um, get a little emotional and, and, and teary eyed, um, just to connect with you and, and, and to hear your voice and then be in that, in that same frequency as you would, it, it really, it really is an honor and and I hold you very dear to my heart and very dear to this this heart project of of, of a piece of land that's not even ours that uh-huh. and we simply just 
guard for a moment. Um, I was reading this morning how a visitor came into a, a Sufi master's home asking where was all his furniture, you know, why he only had a, a rug and a kerosene lamp. And, and the Sufi master replied to the visitor, well, where is your furniture? To which the man replies, well, I'm just visiting. And the Sufi master answers back, well, so am I. And this, this is what this space is. This is what this space represents. And, and you and I met <laughs> in the physical last year. We met in, in this precise piece of land. And, and it was a very profound encounter for me because I had an experience with you that I will never forget that still impacts me till today where we had a, a little ceremony, you and I, um, with tobacco, rapid to be exact. And I had no idea, context of what I was getting myself into. But it was such the trust in my heart that I just, I just walked into it open-heartedly and... Till this day, it was one of the biggest deprogrammation and, and, and heart opening and just mind decluttering experiences that that I've ever had, you know. And 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 it was a real shifting point for me that specific moment that that I had with you. Um, and so today, this that's being created in that space would have not been possible without that moment. Mm because it set me in, into a course of, of understanding a lot of things that were evident, but I just wasn't seeing, uh, I was seeing with my eyes, but I wasn't seeing with, with my heart. And so you're, you're always present, you know, you're always present. That's why when, when we talked about this, this piece of hair and, and offering it, 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 came, it kind of all came together, you know, and it just, it felt right. And, and it's no coincidence that, that I had had the thought before you shared it with me. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the connection. And even though we haven't really shared a lot of space together one-on-one, like you've been in my heart this, this entire time. So, so I want to thank you for that. Um, this, that, that we're creating um, is, is truly heart-based. Um, being able to sit down with architects and engineers and landscapers and, and bring him into a, a, a space of conversation where the land is honored and, and, and set before anything else mm-hmm. is a completely new language for them. Um, but it's, it's a process of, of education and it's a process of, of heart opening for them as well, perhaps from a different space. But I, my, my heart just flutters with, with the idea of, of having you come down to Baja once again and, and being able to bring your medicine to that, to that space. So. Thank you, brother. I really honor, you know, your, your mother has a a really profound connection with the land and, and the spirit of things, you know, that, that ability that we connected with there of, of just telling the spirit of, of the land or a tree or a plant, 
what you're going to do so they can organize their energy with it and then it's not it's not such a strong cut like if if i was to make an intention and have a conversation with a with a branch of a tree that's been growing there for years i'm going to ask it before i use it to build a sweat lodge if that's what it wants to do yeah some of my elders would say uh go have a conversation with that tree over there and i didn't grow up speaking to the unseen you know and in the and the, the unspoken dimensions of being right but i've met people in in the recent years that did grow up in that way and they have an ability to become the nature of the space that they find themselves in and that um, we could call shamanism is really becoming you know the nature of things and as we experience at this time right now an expansion of awareness we're we're i'm sure you can relate to a quality of presence you know those of us that are getting in touch with what the fear that's being broadcasted is teaching us what i've been seeing in the circles of, of people showing up for breath training is that there's a great expansion of consciousness right now that's inviting us to be more aware more aware of ourselves and how we feel more aware of our surroundings more aware of others and breath has been the greatest anchor of that awareness for me in my life and that's why i continue to dedicate my life to breath that particular interaction that we had with tobacco that day it was there was a calling from the medicine if you will i was using rape to draw myself into you know to, it it really grounds the nervous system opens the frontal brain and when i do ceremonies like that sweat lodge we did that day um i like to center myself sometimes in that way with that medicine and uh, it's a lot more effective and more healthy than smoking it <laughs> and there was something about your curiosity that was there was a connection between the medicine and you that spoke to me to invite you to come in to whether you would want to um, yeah. appreciate enjoy that in that moment so i guess i just offer that as a reminder for us to listen because oftentimes we come with an agenda of what we what we want to get out of a certain relationship whether it's a relationship with a, a stone that i'm going to take to build something and that's going to benefit me and you know and help me build a pathway in my home or a wall or whatever or whether it's a person that I want to connect with that I have a hidden agenda of what I need to get from that person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But as we really get in touch with uh and we're very honest about what our communication what our intentions are and communicate that with one another we have very healthy relationships and we're able to express what our needs are and how we want those needs to be met. But more importantly how we can be of service to the other person's needs 
yeah so we meet in that place where we we realize that we both have different needs and need to be met in, in any given moment and it's like when you go with your with your wife to you know shopping you know if, if you don't explain yeah. clearly your intentions about what you're uh, going to shop for um, things can things can go off in different directions right if there's no clear communication so I've learned to communicate with the space uh, that we utilize like in a spa lodge or the ceremonial container of a breath ceremony for example and ask for the things that we're wanting to call in as a way of invocation I love that let's um Let's let's connect offline because I would love um, for you to come down and lead the building of that sweat lodge. Mm. Um, I, I, I walk that piece of land barefoot and shirtless as much as I can at different times of day. I probably walked around there more, more than anybody. Um, and yesterday we we set the ground where it would be so it would be an honor for for us to coordinate and mm-hmm. come down and and build that with us from ground zero that would be that would be a a true blessing and and a gem to have you with us there so i want to just plant that that little seed um yeah. and, and get into um, Transitioning a little bit, uh, two things that I'll, I'll just set it up and I'll allow you to to unfold and, and unpack is what, what is the frequency? What is the frequency of this pandemic? What is the frequency of of this virus? And well, I'm sorry with that. <laughs> I just said. That. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the frequency my feeling is that the frequency is to be determined by each of us because it's uh, what the virus does in the body is it goes in specifically to bring out what's not needed. We were made of viruses and they only, they only take us out if we're toxic and we're lacking the, the, the integrity and the resilience to be able to work with a virus such as this. What's happening on the planet is that there's a great awakening. We have been living in a way that hasn't been in balance. And there's been some forces at play here that we have been signing up for by default uh, to be in slavery and to be using the resources of the earth in a way that's not sustainable. And things have needed to change. We've been praying for this change. We've been praying for more balance and unity. And we didn't know it was going to show up like this. But it's obviously something that needed to happen. I am not concerned about the virus. I'm actually excited about a very positive shift that's happening right now. Because we're waking up. And, you know, there's a part of it where, you know, without disrespecting anyone's choices, 
because there's such misinformation and there's so much censorship in regards to the scientists uh, that are speaking the truth of what's behind this and and how uh, dangerous this actually is. And it feels like a big hoax uh, from the more information that I get. And so there's a there's a quality to it where we're we're realizing that we're we're walking we're sleepwalking in a dream. Like when I go around in North America right now and I go shopping, the majority it's like walking um, in the in, in a movie of a bunch of uh, uh, sleepwalking zombies, like mm-hmm. everyone wearing masks and just just complying and to, you know saying. That okay, um, yeah. I just find it very interesting, and the information that I'm getting is that there's very positive shifts happening as a result of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been connected with a beautiful Maori shaman uh, over the course of COVID. Reached out to him because I saw a message, and instantly we connected. We had a deep conversation. He did a very powerful ceremony with me, and he claimed me as a Lemurian dragon family. Yeah, I saw that. I'm gonna con- I'm gonna have him on a a show this winter. I've been invited to a full series on Wake TV Network, and so Huna Flash will be there with me. He was just in the UK with this new hidden king, who doesn't run a rule anyone, but by DNA. When he was a young man, he received that he's royal lineage, and they prepared him for years. He was blacklisted at nineteen, and the fact of the matter is that he can write the paperwork to take down the monarchy, which is basically saying that the royal family is illegitimate, and they've been tied in with the Rockefellers mm-hmm. in a corrupt way. So the pharmaceutical companies. The Rockefellers, all of that is in in cahoots, cahoots. some sort of a very dark agenda. But it's backfired because they thought that we were more asleep and could be more brainwashed, that we weren't so awake. And um, it's going to be a very interesting next couple of years because there's a, from what I understand from what's going on, and it's so such a great mystery, we can't pretend to know what's happening at a greater scale right now, but it seems like there's, there's new structures coming into place. We're moving into a thousand years of prosperity. There's going to be a release of abundance of, of uh, families, the dragon families that are releasing gold funds into the planet. And I'm hearing a lot of good messages of things that are happening, but it looks very chaotic. What I'm inviting people to do is tune in with their own intuition and to strengthen their own immunity because the Mother Earth has sent us to our rooms mm-hmm. to step back and slow down and listen and do some work on ourselves. And those of us that have been challenged and, and depressed and struggling with addictions initially have had a very hard time. So the number of suicide rates is actually killing more people than the virus is. So what's really important now is the sharing of the practical tools that we have available to us 
to look within ourselves and to clear the stories. I really love Trevor Hall's new album, you know, letting the old stories go and mm-hmm. you know, the, the love story that we can return to of, of our, you know, our love here for humanity, our love for the earth, our love for the sun and the moon and the water. Mm-hmm. And we are those things and we are each other. And we're a lot stronger than what we have been told. So our work, as we get together in circle, and I teach teachers to teach breath, it's so much fun because people show up with such readiness to put the fear and stories aside, but also to fully embrace this challenge of the way that fear stimulates us. It's like when we're really open when we really open up to the vast mystery inside of us the mind doesn't know what to do with the unknown Mm -hmm. yet all we're doing is exploring the formless ground of our being it's like the the eternal nature of our being is is far beyond this physical body and the ground beneath us is our support the sky above us is our witness And the breath in our belly is the anchor, right? So to find the experiential, practical means of getting in touch with ourselves much deeper than any stories of ourselves, yeah, is very safe and comfortable. What begins to happen in the process of us getting in touch with ourselves is there's a deprogramming of the biocomputer. And so we were, we come face to face, if you will, with this relationship of, of the patterns of thoughts of, the, of, of our mind. And that's where that interaction um, needs to be coached initially to remind people to let the mind do what it does to let the thoughts come and clear and to return to the ground of our being. Because what is, one thing I'm noticing with the fear is that our senses are heightened when we're afraid. Mm-hmm. We must be alert when there's a threat or a survival, right? It's, yeah. The, what's it's engraved and hardwired in our nervous system, it saved our life in the past. But we're also learning the science of the nervous system and that we don't function very well when we stay in the sympathetic branch of our nervous system that's wired for fight or freeze or run. It's, 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 it's been an important tool of our evolution of survival, but we're not supposed to stay in that reactive response in the body because every cell in the body says well, i'm in defense i'm going to be killed so yeah. we need to learn to self-regulate into the parasympathetic and to soften in the body so that the intelligence of the body can establish harmony and homeostasis and balance once again because it it's very good at doing it it's incredible how resilient the human body is right and 
yet we've been we're seeing that we're we're programmed with more and more fear that's disconnecting us from the true nature and power of of what we are. So it's very simple, you know the the simple medicines are the most powerful and maybe the most powerful medicines that we discover are the most simple things but some of them are so simple that they're so easy to overlook because we're so overstimulated and we're always looking for more yeah. in our western nature hey, could you just mention a few of those are those very simple medicines that we have available well, of, our, of our audience that probably have never heard of what breath work is yeah, what I breathe already, or how do I like? How do I do it? Like, how do I deprogram myself? How do I? How do I escape the narrative? How do I get out of my head? Um, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like most of us want to turn within, but as soon as we sit down and we and we start to slow down and listen, what we start to hear is our negative self talk. So breath work is sort of the new meditation. Because meditation isn't, it's not easy to just sit and be with what is, especially with what's happening in the world today. What we enjoy as conscious connected breathing, what we call breath wave, is a circular pattern of breathing where we emphasize the in-breath and relax our out-breath. And we circulate the breath without a pause. And this creates an electromagnetic current of intelligence, of life force and we start to feel energy bubbling circulating and this is uplifting where the breath moves in the body energy nourishes the body so our chakra system is our endocrine system it's our it's our hormonal system yeah so where we're not breathing we're not getting the proper chemistry circulation in the body so initially, we get people to ground into a very gentle belly breath. You can do this in and out of the nose or in and out of the mouth. It's more, we're, we're finding more science that it's actually more effective for beginners to breathe in and out of the nose because of the parasympathetic, relaxed nature to the nose breath, the nitrous oxide. There's all sorts of science. This phenomenal new book that came out from James Nestor, he dove in as a journalist into the science of the breath. So I suggest that book to everyone because it's landing more science and study that's been done with the breath than ever because very little study has been done uh, and some of it has been hidden mm. from us. Yeah. It takes very why, why, would they hide, why would they hide it from us? Well, I, I'm not sure I want to go down that rabbit hole, but why why not, but okay, not who, but why? Why is there so much misinformation right now? Yeah, okay. Why why is there so much censoring? Why does the pharmaceutical company need to be completely uprooted and restructured? There's, it's not patient orientated to one person anymore. It's very much influenced by a very rich 
and corrupt system of, of finances. It's a business. And so they want us to be good clients. So one of the reasons we're not told to take our take control of our own health, I believe, is that because it's there's no money in people that are healthy, we're not going to be a good client to the to the very rich pharmaceutical companies, which are governmental in, in every country. Yeah, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, can, we can have that chat. I'm going down that rabbit hole. But um, something that just came right now, and it might seem like low-hanging fruit, but I just connected the dots, is that probably one of the most ancient, free, accessible, powerful medicines that there is, is breath. This is something that... I have learned from you through practice and through study of, of my own. And it's, it's curious to see how the, um, the solution to what we're living right now, this so-called um, pandemic, mm. blocks breath, blocks something that's free, simply by putting on a mask. And I mean, I think we've all at some point um, have used the mask um, and uh, I won't get too much into personal choices, but, but th there's definitely a, re a reduction in, in oxygen. You know, I mean, even, even if I don't want to wear my mask, I need to, if I need to go get groceries so that we can just get basics, you know? Um, and, and there's clearly a reduction in oxygen. You know, I mean, there's 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 a part of 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 my practice of, of conscious breath that is on all the time. And when I wear a mask, I clearly can't breathe as deeply and as as clearly and as powerfully as I would usually do. And so it's just it's interesting just to to observe that at this moment, um, how a medicine that's free is has somehow found a way to be restricted, not through the use of a, of a mask. And we can leave it at that or we could scratch the surface a little bit more. But that, that it's, it just it seems interesting. You know, one of the last pillars of free medicine somehow is, is getting um, its knees cut out. That just came now. So. Yeah, I find it fascinating and interesting and very powerful that it's bringing – more awareness to the things that are fundamental to to our health and um you know we, we can see that much of fear is induced psychologically when there's actually no threat at all and um i believe that that you know there's some programs here that are being fed to us um that are tied into 9-11 etc etc but you know, the, right before we have major shifts in consciousness, it's also very common to experience fear. Right before we go into a big ceremony. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have, have enjoyed any ceremonial rituals or practices, we, we know that something big is going to happen. And uh, we start you know, to feel that, that change. So I, I, 
realize that there's a very important pivotal shift of moving from an old paradigm of toxic masculinity, power control, misuse of power into the more feminine role of listening and proper structure and design. And, you know, I've been listening a lot to Zach Bush. He's one of the most intelligent minds of science um, speaking right now to the microbiome and that we are the microbiome. We're made up of 50%. 50% of our makeup is viruses, you know, and it feels like, you know, I don't want to go into what I see um, that, that's been happening and why I'm more focusing these days on solutions. Yeah, so therefore, I'd, I'd like to come back to the really simple medicine of the breath because yeah. we all have that. And as soon as we're in the safety of our home, in fact, even if you're in the safety of a shopping, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, the storm. there's no science that actually supports that masks work. Um, yeah. The misinformation and the censorship that I'm talking about. I'm, I'm Nobel Prize winning doctors and virologists and scientists aren't having a voice right now because there's so much agenda with this. But what I'm encouraging uh, people to do if they do choose to, to, to use a mask is that it's encouraging us to breathe through the nose. And so you can actually do a, a, a self-regulating practice even if you have a mask on. With or without a mask, when you connect your breathing, and one of the most effective self-regulating rates of breath is five. A count of five breaths, a count of five in, and a count of five out. And that ratio is about 10 breaths per minute. And generally, we take a lot more breaths. And so what James Nestor is saying is breathe less and shut your mouth, breathe through your nose, regulate your nervous system, and you free up an enormous amount of energy and intelligence so the body can heal and self-regulate and strengthen again. It directly affects our immune system as soon as we put something psychologically um, limiting like a mask on. And so if we uh, have the belief that it's actually strengthening us. See, I want to talk a little bit about the idea yeah. of protection mm -hmm. ceremony. I have learned not to call on protection because mm -hmm. we create duality. And we, as soon as we call in protection, there's something that we need to protect ourselves from. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the way I learned to work in a with a ceremonial container, and there's many different protocols and, and practices around the world with the you know power plant medicines, etc., is that I learned to work with the light. And I've gotten some very powerful confirmations of the invocations that I use that I've been taught to call in the forces of light to support us and guide us in a, in a ceremonial container. When I go for a drive um, from here to Vancouver, that's three, four hours. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, I, I tell the animals that I'm, that I'm there. Uh, I tell the authorities that I'm a visible, invisible, <laughs> you know, and we just have that conversation with life in a way that, that organizes itself around our existence. Now, the powerful confirmations that I got of, of not calling on protection is one of the most powerful was a, a woman who's a lucid dreamer who does a lot of lucid dreaming. She gets most of her gifts in the dream time. And I met her at a shamanic conference in Canada here. And she invited us into her private teepee space after she experienced a, a breath ceremony with us at the festival. And she said, let me hold your hands become, before you come in my space. I want to see if you have any entities. Mm-hmm. And she held my hands for a few seconds, and then her eyes blasted open. And she said, what do you do? You don't have any entities. All this work that you do with all these people integrating all this stuff, and you don't – most people carry entities. And I was like, oh, I don't really sign up for that, but – I work with the light. And so that was a really powerful confirmation. Another was at a moon dance in Costa Rica uh, where the grandmothers leading the, the ceremony were saying that we needed to put a red belt around our waist to protect us from because we were like the first line of defense of any energies that came into the ceremony. The women are inside an arbor with all their prayer ties around it and they're really held in a bubble but we're outside and we're at the fire and we're cooking from them etc and as soon as i put on a red belt there was a a belief of duality in my mind that made me susceptible because i needed protection from something and something came in at the first round um I was asked to make more singer's tea and I was in the kitchen cooking and making tea for the women. And I cut my finger and I realized that 60 of the women were on the moon and one of us men needed to offer our blood. Uh, So I dropped down and offered my blood. And, but there was a confirmation for me that um, the protection that works for me is to call in the light and that, when we're vitally strong and healthy, we are immunity. It's our nature. Yeah. And the numbers are showing with this thing that the people that are dying are the people that are already on their way out. I mean, how is it that a virus is so powerful that you need to get tested to know that you have it? You know. Very counterintuitive, yeah. So again, I see the positive shift in consciousness happening at this time that's waking us up to what's really important, sacred, and essential to our lives, our family, and our well being. You know, our, our, our friend circles, the things that we really enjoy. And we're taking a really good look at how we're living and whether we want to continue to just be consumers and and take from the resources of the earth or how can we live more sustainably? How can we establish structures and technologies where we can use free energy? We can give back and recycle uh, 
things have needed to to change in this way for us to turn this ship around so we can survive here. And so, speaking of, um, speaking of new technologies and um, perhaps zero point energy, why why are we seeing so many lights in the sky lately? Hmm. Why are we more and more seeing different objects being recorded, being shared, different different vessels, different orbs, different ships. I, I can't say exactly that I know the, the exact answer to that. You know, I'd be pretending what I've been hearing is that all eyes are on Earth right now. Mm-hmm. All beings of light have their attention. It's like this is the main show in the universe right now. And so the veil is getting thinner as well. And what I've been learning is that as we raise our own frequency, we're able to connect with and see some of these unmanifest dimensions of being light beings, light ships. I mean, to look at the the night sky and think that we're the only ones here is pretty (laughs) far from the truth. I... I read something the other day and I, and I shared it. Um, it's like taking a spoon and dipping the spoon in the entirety of the ocean mm. and having a little drop of ocean in your single-held teaspoon and saying, well, because there's no sharks in this spoon, there's no sharks in the ocean. So I thought it was a pretty cool analogy uh, in terms of understanding the vastness of the all and the idea um, that I personally believe that in our lifetime, we will know that we've been living in parallel to other civilizations this entire time. Um, And I, I myself, it's, they're very active down here in Baja. I have, I have my own theory of, of why. And for me, it's because, you know, this land is full of crystals. It's full of minerals up in, up in La Sierra de la Laguna. Yeah. As we know, crystals are condensed light. So somehow as a navigational point, um, it's very easy for them to, to allow to see them. Yeah. In this very still remote area, you know, we're surrounded by water. It's, it's a little island of light we have down here. Yeah. Um, and we know for a fact that they've tried to mine those mountains before because we have crystals there. Um, or the oxido de silicon, which is the chemical name for it. But yeah, just wanted your, your thoughts on that, you know? Yeah, I, again, I, I want to speak to expanding awareness because I, I feel like the, the consciousness is rising on the planet right now. And you know, this is something that's naturally occurring, even though it might have been um, this whole scenario might have been created in a lab. We don't know. But we have been looking at our distinction. Our, our, our extinction. In it, you know, that the end of our species, if we don't turn the ship around. Um, so... 
I want to speak to the to the effortless presence that's already the ground of our being. It's always always and already the case that we are awareness. We are spirit recognizing itself as itself. You don't have to do anything for awareness to be more aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just this open, vast field of awareness, and we get to filter it through this little mind that we have. Um, that's beautiful, brother. And just to be with the presence of being. The challenge today is that we're so, we've been so programmed with so much trauma and suffering as part of our lineage that we we carry as information in this container of the body that when we sit and slow down because we've so sped up and overstimulated that what we start to feel is is challenging and that's the that's what Jesus went through that's what Buddha went through when he sat under the tree that's the transformation of the personal being of sitting with yourself enough to where you can allow the tension that arises that might be the desire of an addiction, the desire of doing something else, the desire just to move and not sit and be still. But when you sit with that tension long enough, it, it opens and softens. And there's something new that's born in the space that that's open. The light, of consciousness that lights up the world is our experience. And this is where this is where light workers come into play. And and you are one of them. You are you are of the light. And I love what you said about not invoking protection as such because it implies that you are not in the light and of the light and all there is is the light the star needs the light the light doesn't need the star and so as as these elders that you speak of that somehow share the wisdom and and, and open the channels and endow you with with their blessings um, so that you can continue to share that light and that wisdom and that knowledge that that is acquired and that I'm sure sometimes is channeled uh, as well but not as a starseed because you have blossomed and our community needs leaders such as yourself and I don't say this lightly I say this truly from from the heart what what would you say robin is is the the role of of these individuals moving forward how how will they lead our communities into this this new thousand years of of prosperity how how is it that a lemurian dragon that that you have been named um factors into all of this, you know, 
And it's perhaps a broad question. Um, and feel free to break it down and share what you can and what feels right. Um, Thank you. But but it's it's much needed, you know. It's 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 much needed. Voices like yours and and are are needed are required um, in, in the community. Um, and we all do our part, you know. Some of them might have a bigger platform. Some um, some of them might have a bigger network or following. Ooh. But but they're needed, you know. They're much required. Um, and there, there seems like a bit of a hierarchy that you're speaking to that I, I want to soften because this is a time where we all realize that we are the light and mm -hmm. the really good teachers that, that we experience in life give us direct experience of our personal power. Okay. It takes faith to sit right in the middle of your own reality and to just breathe and feel. Anyone that has become a leader has sat with their own suffering enough to move through it and not avoid it or just numb it. And this faith allows us to let go of what we believe, to let go of our insecurities, to let go of the heaviness of the great suffering of humanity. So how do we first let in the great overwhelming sorrow of the state of the world and let it crack something open in us? I believe that it's a time to learn from the strategies and the rituals and the practices that help us and to practice ourselves because the more that we study and learn intellectually, the more crazy we're going to get without practice, without like the, you know, the beautiful exercise transmission uh, as a warrior, you know, that you transmit through the ways that you love to move. And something that you shared the other day of like when we practice and we, and we prepare ourselves and train in that way, it prepares us to become the love that we want to serve and be in the world. And Gandhi's prayer of becoming what we want to ch becoming the change that we want to see. And we're seeing a lot of complaining of like who, who started this fire and how do we put it out? Right. But when we're in an emergency like this, it brings us together. And the first thing we do is make sure that everyone's all right. And we put out the fire. And then we can learn who started the fire and why it happened. It's not important while the fire is burning. Right? But is it important to know who started the fire in the end? Maybe, maybe ultimately to get some more human insight, but that's the intellectual mind that wants to, you know, to, to wrestle with things. The, the mind loves to complicate things. Yeah. The human mind loves to complicate, and that's where the simplicity of the breath, um, I want to speak to the technique a little bit because I've seen a lot of techniques of breath that are, are very ungrounded, 
and mm-hmm. to create too much too soon. Okay. Um, it, we can create uh, dangerous patterns of chemistry in the body with within a few minutes if we're not breathing in a, in a balanced pattern. There, yeah. There's a, a tumo breath that's sort of the foundation of some of these Western uh, fire fire breath techniques. Okay, it's a Tibetan breath, and James Nestor mentions it in the book. It's something I've been working with for years, and it, the essence of it is it's strong, yeah, and it and it activates very quickly. But we only need it for eight or nine breaths to to achieve the potency of the benefits of it. And we can use it several times throughout the day. But what's been happening, there's there's a Western medicine approach to getting to the goal, to having a goal-orientated finish line. And, And on the spiritual path, there's no more, there's no train station to get to. There's just more track. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and so we ha- we're always trying to get somewhere other than where we're at, and we're never truly just where we're at. And so my invitation is to invite people to slow down, to simplify, to self-regulate, to to make the practice really gentle, and then we we're able to see where we might be manipulating or controlling or forcing some of the other things in our life because our breath is a very profound reflection of our state of being. It's our most fundamental relationship. So as we focus on what's coming in that's fresh and new and we relax what's what we're letting go of because the body knows how to digest and let go, we come into tune and balance with the nature of life and how those polarities work the male and the female, we create that union within ourselves. And we eventually, within sometimes a few minutes, have more of a universal awareness of a connection with self, with life, with the one force that breathes us all. Yeah. How can people work with you? How can... can I mean, I know you have your in-person retreats. Well, that's why I've been cloning. (laughs) 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 I've been teaching. And there's a lot of amazing breath coaches there on the Baja now because I was there for so many years. You have have a school down here of of practitioners that that have been uh, born from your work. And it's and it's it's a little piece of you down here. That's that's yeah. But there's you know incredible teachers there now that have backgrounds in psychology and other medicine work. You know, Celia, Stephanie, Diego. These mm-hmm. people have have developed themselves over the course of many years, and they're at a place where they really own the breath now, and. And in a way that's that's very much comes from their own experience, and so the ability to hold space for someone else really it it takes that foundation of really being with ourselves enough, and you know that's unnatural. 
developed capacity of space that's important and that's how we set up our our structured training program okay. right now we we're not receiving international participants but hopefully yeah. there's enough people here in canada that still want to breathe that we've <laughs> in the full trainings i've got another full training coming up next week we just finished all three levels this summer and i had to cancel five trainings this year um we were stuck in costa rica without the ability to get back which is a great place to be stuck uh, but eventually we really wanted to to get back home and to canada and, and be here in our roots so you know the the breath wave international family and tribe is going to continue to expand some people are stepping into doing their own programs ophelia will be offering her own program uh, first for the women with her women's circle in November, moving into December. I believe November 30th, that starts at a beautiful location in Baja. So for the women that are interested, that's uh, that's that's possible. Yes, we were, we were close to having that retreat in our space, but we won't be quite ready. Mm-hmm. But, and you but, know yeah. Someone like Ophelia or Stephanie that share circles, uh, you know, you can, there, there's also several people in, in Mexico City. Diego is offering a session in Mexico City. We have Breathwave Lou, um, Luisa, who's also in, in Mexico City and some others. And you can go to a circle of someone that, that really deeply knows this work and has certified and developed their skill enough to support people in this you can learn from someone to guide you in this practice for three or four full sessions and then you get a really good idea for your own breathing pattern and how to self-regulate and how to how to create the proper posture and scenario for yourself to to breathe in a really good way now the breath wave technique is not the only breath medicine that's out there there's more and more modalities and techniques that are surfacing and some of them are a little softer we're actually working with some of the more fire spectrum of breath work but we're softening it so we're finding that middle way of working with something that's actually very powerful fire medicine in the body but we're we know how to regulate the nervous system now we understand the science of the breath so when we see someone that's working too hard, we're going to invite them to relax their back muscles and let the breath do the work and just focus on receiving and relaxing instead of arching the back and lifting the shoulders and making it all dramatic, which I feel is it, it can be quite unnecessary and it can actually be dangerous for some people if they have any pre-existing mm. conditions. What about digitally with you? Yeah, I'm going to be, uh, thank you. I'm going to be sharing some more digital sessions this winter. Uh, I've been offering through COVID. I was offering a free session every Sunday for for four months, and it will continue to just be by donation this winter, and that will be on our website, so breathwave.net. The times and the link and the sign-up form for that will be posted on our website right on the front page if people would like to come on and 
and breathe with us. You know, it's something that I, I was reluctant to teach breathwork online because of the safety of really being there for someone. And so we, we have a screening process to where if anyone has a history of, of mental disorders or some serious health conditions that we don't recommend that they breathe without someone there supporting them. Um, but there are ways that we can very effectively support you via video. So I, I've been doing Zoom sessions with people internationally and gotten quite busy with that with COVID. Group and individual? Mostly individual, um, because if someone with more specific conditions that I need to focus on, I can see their specific breathing pattern and I can coach them specifically for what's going on with them. Once we open it up to 20, 30 or more people, I have to speak to the whole field and it's hard to address one-on-one. And that's where it lacks uh, some safety. You know, when people are very clear, um, and I'm not saying that we're all clear, but but there are some very serious health conditions that are out there. And those aren't things that I want to take on and invite people into a circle of 30 people right now. Um, that feels like a maximum. We have 30 to, to 50 sometimes. And it, it can get um, to where I can see that some people are going to a place where I would love to be there for them. And yet there's also some pros to that because some people that aren't able to travel internationally are able to study with us. Some people prefer being in their own space, the safety of their own home instead of amongst a group of people so they can express some of their emotions and drop into themselves. There's a, there's a convenience to it. People can be in their pajamas, you know, (laughs) cuddling with their pet, you know, and kind of thing. And, and, and it's been working really well. I've actually been really amazed at the benefits. We did a, an intensive, uh, 21 day dive with 16 participants, me and two other facilitators. And we were amazed at how we connected and how we lifted each other up. And we were able to accept the human condition just through how we shared about what we were feeling and experiencing at this time. So that's something I'm going to continue to offer, especially if there's more agenda with lockdowns, etc. As things get cold now, and especially in North America, uh, the common cold is going to show up and I believe it's probably going to be called COVID, you know, so we're going to see more of an agenda here rolling out. Um, but it's all perfect because if, you know, we still need time, if mother's still telling us to go to our room and be quiet and look within, then it's still time to slow down and to reevaluate. And it's a very clear invitation. I want to offer that my practice has been gentleness, uh, awareness, without the ambitious um, approach. And that, like, I I love to get fiery. I'm an athlete, and I I, I love what you've been sharing. I'm a surfer, you know. I was a hockey player. I I played some junior hockey as a goaltender. I mean, um, I love to get down and dirty. I I get into a mosh pit, you know, with (laughs) 
you know, but when it comes to spiritual practice, it's important to really learn how to self-regulate. And so there's more science coming out around what's happening in the nervous system and the brain and the vagus nerve, which connects from the brain into the belly and the, the, the gut, the belly, the stomach is known to be the second brain because of that connection between the belly, the heart, and the brain. And the heart, our feeling nature, sends more information upstairs to the brain than the brain sends downward to the heart. So it's actually the heart and our feeling nature that's telling the brain to tell the body what chemistry we're going to live in and how to distribute those chemistries. So when we're in a stress response, we're sending cortisol and adrenaline, which are very acidic, toxic hormones, into the body in a battle situation. If those stress hormones don't shut off, we're going to create an environment of imbalance and toxicity and acidity, which creates imbalance, eventually ulcers, disease, cancer, etc. So to learn how to self-regulate, and maybe the greatest quality of, of breath workers is that quality of, of centeredness and calm. So essentially, it impresses me much more now if someone can hold their center and calm in a stressful situation than you know, if they can hike up Mount Everest in their board shorts. Um, do you ever lose your shit? Oh, brother. I mean, <laughs> uh, I've got a three-year-old and, and a wife, you know, and I, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of intensity in my life. So we have our moments and um, it's, you know, there's in, as far as relationship, brother, there's things that we learn to tolerate and there's things that we won't tolerate. And that's where we grow with one another. And if we're honest and gentle and soft in our communication about what we see that's not working, we can grow together. The essence of a spiritual partnership is to commit personally to my growth. Mm -hmm. And then you commit personally to your growth. And together we can grow together. Because if one person is growing and the other person's not committed to looking at their shit, and there's going to be dissonance and there's just going to be continued challenges. Yeah. But as we're able to dive into a personal practice every day, which might just be 15 or 20 minutes, we're able to self-regulate. We're able to come from our heart instead of our stress. We're able to come from love instead of fear. And there's very basically two different energies in our existence and in the world right now that we're asking to choose. We're being asked to choose one or the other. I think yeah. that's a beautiful note to wrap this up a little bit over an hour now, which by what what an honor man. What are your your gem of a man? I appreciate you so much. 
I appreciate your work so much. I've, I've learned so much from you. I've learned about myself so much um, through you. And so you're, you're, you're in my heart. You're in my heart. I see you as a brother. I see you as a, as a teacher. I see you as a, as a colleague. And so you gifting me and whoever listens to this, um, which I'm sure will be quite a few people, um, you gifting 70 minutes of your time is something that I am deeply honored to receive. And I, I want to thank you, Robin. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being the man that you are and for sharing the frequency of your heart and for being a light worker that is out there doing the work and, and, and healing, man. This is, this is something that I admire in you very, very much. And, and you have... You have people that I know and I care about very much down here that you've impacted as well. Mm-hmm. So we, we hope to see you down here very soon in, in Baja Sur, hermano. Yes, hermano. <laughs> and then my daughter can meet your daughter soon. Oh. At any moment. Please let me know when you go into that ceremony. I will. And to relate. You know, just the last little piece for everyone and what I've seen in the way that women give birth, because we're in a birthing process right now, is to trust in the technology that we are. Because birth, for example, is treated like an emergency before it's an emergency. And that's where the hand that's unnecessary comes in and gets in the way. But a woman and a baby know how to bring life into this world. And, and trust is a virtue that allows us to meet fear. And as we open to those challenges, like giving birth, we receive insight. We receive power. We receive what we already are just by softening into what already is. It's not easy for a woman. I can't pretend to know what that's like, that marathon of giving birth. But what an honor, uh, brother, for you to witness that that's coming up for you. And, and please let me know when when you guys are going into labor and I will be um, sending my, my love and my You're also with us because Carla, Carla Llorens is working with Andrea and I. Oh. So, yeah, we're, everything's set up. For when she decides to come down from the mountain. So, te quiero, cabrón. Gracias, hermano. Un abrazote. Un abrazote. Bendiciones.